0: Welcome to the Is That So Podcast. My name is Sahela and I am the host and chief content officer here at the Is That So Podcast. Follow along each week as I share stories, pose questions, and provide insights on various wellness, travel, and relationship topics aimed to help us all navigate through this rapidly evolving modern world a little bit easier. Here at the Is That So Podcast, we believe that life should always be a work in progress. So come learn, laugh, and listen in on unfiltered stories and conversations so that we can open new doors to inspiration, happiness, and forward thinking together. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Is That So podcast. Today on the podcast, I wanted to talk about the difference between mental health and mental illness, as well as do a little Mental Health 101 download. I think most of you will agree with me when I say that in recent years, mental health has become less of a taboo topic of conversation. And although I personally am extremely happy about this, there is still so much information that needs to be discussed to fully understand this topic. Most people have a general understanding of what mental health is, but a lot of the time they're also unclear of what is fact versus fiction. I, for one, am constantly trying to learn more about mental health so that I can better advocate and educate on the topic, and one of the ways that I think we can all start to better understand it is if we break down the difference between mental health and mental illness. Obviously, by just showing up to this episode, I can tell you are trying to learn, and so even if you listen to this episode and recognize that you may have used these terms interchangeably, know that you are not alone in this mistake. I, too, use them interchangeably before I really understood the difference, but again, education is key to understand this topic, so I really appreciate you taking the time to show up and learn. I also just wanted to highlight that moving forward, when you hear someone using mental health and mental illness interchangeably, it's important to not make them feel bad for making this mistake. We must all do our part to encourage each other to continue having conversation around this topic of mental health, and we can't do that when we put each other down. Instead, I encourage you to share your knowledge or this episode so that more people are motivated to talk about the differences between mental health and mental illness, and so we can continue to educate others together. All right, let's get started. So first off, mental health is literally that, the health of your mind. Everyone has to look after their mental health just as they do their physical health. As the World Health Organization famously said, there is no health without mental health. So what does this mean? Well, it means that during the course of everyone's lifetime, everybody will struggle or face challenges pertaining to their mental well-being, but not everyone will experience a mental illness. When we talk about mental health, we are talking about emotions, one's ability to solve problems, to cultivate social connections, and to understand life and the world around them. Just like our physical well being, our mental well being will be impacted in various degrees if we do not take care of ourselves by getting proper sleep, eating a balanced diet, or dealing with stress properly, for example. The length of time associated with poor mental health also varies. It can last for a short time or a long time, depending on how quickly one can address, fix, and find ways to cope with the problem at hand. For example, if you experience an overwhelming event in your life, like a breakup or a death of a loved one, time needed to move past the feelings of sadness can vary depending on how good one is at coping with sadness, dealing with the aftermath, and their ability or desire to move on with their lives. Some people with mental health issues find that their experiences actually help them become more compassionate and empathetic towards others while also making them more artistically inclined, grateful for what they have, and better able to understand and help others around them. Mental illness, on the other hand, is exactly that, an illness. Although generally the term is used to describe a variety of experiences that affect the way people think, feel, behave, interact with others, and their ability to live their life, The varieties of mental illness and the degrees to which people are affected by them are actually quite broad. Different kinds of mental illnesses include mood disorders like depression, which affect the way you feel about yourself, others, and the world around you. Depression looks quite different from person to person. While one person might feel very sad and tired, another person might feel angry and restless. Another mood disorder is bipolar disorder, which affects your mood and the way you process emotions. So bipolar disorder is actually made up of two parts, mania and depression. Bipolar disorder can feel a lot like an emotional roller coaster. Mania is when the person experiences unreasonable high moods and depression low moods. However, many people do experience periods of wellness in between those episodes of mania and depression, so it can be a lot for someone to deal with. Another example of a mental illness is an anxiety disorder. So anxiety disorders cause you to experience unexpected anxiety or to become fearful of a situation or event that most people consider normal. Anxiety disorders are actually the most common type of mental illness and include panic disorders and post-traumatic stress disorders. Normal amounts of anxiety are actually a healthy response to problems or difficult situations. However, it can also become a problem when it comes up too often or for no particular reason, making it difficult to control any situation. Another example of a mental illness is psychotic disorders like schizophrenia. So we've all seen A Beautiful Mind. And like Russell Crowe's character in the movie who suffers from schizophrenia, it can affect your ability to sense what's real and what isn't, and thus makes it more difficult for those suffering from this type of mental illness to think, speak, and interact in an organized way. They don't really know what causes schizophrenia, but it's likely a combination of several factors such as hormones, chemical levels in the body, family history with mental illness, your environment, and your life experiences. Another common example of a mental illness is eating disorders like anorexia, where you don't eat, bulimia, where you purge what you eat, and binge eating, where you overeat in a short amount of time on a regular basis, but you don't purge it. All of these eating disorders involve a distorted body image that has an adverse effect on how you manage food and weight. And this makes nourishing your body properly very difficult. These disorders are much more than just about food. They also have a lot to do with how one feels about themselves and how they are able to cope with those feelings. According to the National Eating Disorder Information Center, up to 40% of nine-year-old girls have dieted to lose weight, even when they were at a normal weight. In Canada, about 90% of people diagnosed with anorexia or bulimia are women, however, stats around binge eating disorders affect men and women more equally. Many people blame society's glorification of thin bodies for the reason behind so many people developing eating disorders, but it can also be the effect of a mental illness and the need to feel physically in control of something when you otherwise feel out of control emotionally. Another example of a mental illness is a personality disorder like borderline personality disorder, OCD or OCPD. So this is what people usually think a mental illness is, mostly because they affect the way you feel, act, and form relationships with others. They can also cause people to be more impulsive, inflexible, come off as brash or even pushy. People with personality disorders often get labeled badly as there is still a lot of stigma around them. Some people diagnosed with personality disorders understand that their obsessions and compulsions are illogical and usually experience a lot of distress because of it, but yet are still unable to stop obsessing over it. People who experience hoarding and the inability to throw away items from their home are often categorized as having a personality disorder because they suffer from an internal conflict between the desire for neatness and order and the ability to throw things out as it may cause them anxiety if they need it once it's gone. People living with borderline personality disorder or BPD, as we're gonna call it, feel like there's something fundamentally wrong with them. They might feel flawed or worthless or they might not even have a good sense of who they are as a person. They often experience extreme changes in their mood, have a hard time controlling impulses and experiences, and have extreme peaks and valleys of both highs and lows. They also may have a hard time trusting others and yet may also become very scared of being abandoned or alone. Further, symptoms of BPD often fall into five groups. Unstable behavior, unstable emotion, unstable relationships, unstable sense of identity and awareness problems. According to the American Psychiatric Association, about 1% to 2% of the general population develop BPD. It's usually diagnosed in teens and younger adults, though it may also be diagnosed later in life. It also seems to affect more women than men, and the causes can, again, be based on a variety of factors like family history, trauma, and other mental illnesses. The good news is that, and this is in accordance to the American Psychiatric Association, most people with BPD actually find that their symptoms become more manageable as they get older, and some, according to the Canadian Medical Association Journal, can even recover. Another type of mental illness is substance abuse disorders, or more commonly known as addictions, which start to form when someone becomes dependent on substances like alcohol, tobacco, or hard drugs. Further, dementia, the loss of memory, judgment, and reasoning, along with changes in mood, behavior, and one's ability to communicate, is also considered a mental illness. Dementia happens when someone experiences a severe loss of brain cells and other illnesses that affect one's ability to hold on to memories like Alzheimer's also falls into this category. Learning disabilities like attention deficit hyperactive disorder or ADHD can also be considered a mental illness as it affects your ability to focus your attention due to hyperactivity, which is when you become easily overexcited. So for many suffering from mental illness, it is entirely possible to have good mental health even when diagnosed with a mental illness. This is because mental illness often comes in waves known as episodes, which allow people to go through good stable periods followed by bad turbulent periods. Recent statistics show that one in five people currently suffer from mental illness, and although mental illness can affect anyone, research also shows that certain groups of people are more impacted than others. One group that is often impacted and yet goes undiagnosed is youth in society. According to Here to Help, a website that shares information on mental health and substance use, in 2009, about 3% of Canadians aged 12 to 19 said they experienced a mood disorder and about 4% said they experienced an anxiety disorder. During a time in their life where they are experiencing a lot of changes, both physically and socially, many youths go undiagnosed because their parents, teachers, guidance counselors, or whoever categorize their behavior as just a phase instead of recognizing that there could be a serious problem at hand. Because of this, a lot of them do not get the help and treatment that they need to properly deal with this illness, and it can actually cause more of a problem later on in their life. Other groups that are often more impacted by mental illness include refugees, mostly as a result of the stressful events that force them to flee their home country and the difficulties involved in moving to a new country. Many refugees experience higher rates of mental illness, such as depression and PTSD. People with disabilities or chronic illnesses are also at a higher risk of experiencing anxiety and depression, and this is due to their chronic pain and the stress that comes with challenges they face on a daily basis living with a chronic illness. One in three people with chronic illnesses do tend to also experience depression, so it's very common for people with disabilities or chronic illnesses to also develop a mental illness. People of aboriginal descent also seem to display higher levels of mental illness, and the reason for this trend is believed to be very complex and connected particularly to their history and environment. Many aboriginal people experience higher rates of depression, suicide, post-traumatic stress disorder, and substance use problems, unfortunately. Women are also more likely than men to experience a mental illness. However, this can be due to the fact that women are often more likely to seek help, whereas men, on the other hand, commonly experience problems with substance use as a way to deal with any mental illness symptoms they are experiencing. Lastly, the elderly are also at an increased risk of mental illness like depression and anxiety disorders because they tend to face serious health problems and are at a point in their lives where they're losing a lot of loved ones. Further, your chances of developing illnesses like Alzheimer's or dementia increase as you age. So one thing to keep in mind about mental illness is that there are many treatments available to support people living with a mental illness. What treatment works best for you often depends on a person's specific situation, which is why it is so important to seek out help from a professional. Given the right support and tools, people with a mental illness can go on to live somewhat of normal, and I'm putting this in quotes because normal is really up to you, lives. However, due to the episodic nature of mental illness, people will usually need to have frequent check-ins with professionals to ensure they are getting the proper help they need. Different types of treatment often include medication, counseling, support groups, light therapy, or incorporating regular exercise into your lifestyle along with other self-help practices. Most people use a combination of treatments to help them deal with mental illness, and personally, I am able to stabilize my mental illness through regularly talking to my therapist, incorporating exercise into my weekly schedule, and practicing self-love exercises like gratitude and affirmations. Recently, I also learned while listening to an episode of Goop's podcast that ketamine is now being used to help treat depression, which is very interesting. I am so happy to link that episode in the show notes if anyone is interested in learning more about alternative cutting edge therapies. I've never tried it, but apparently it's working for some people. But either way, I'm happy to share it in the show notes. Moving on, though, identifying whether you or someone you know is suffering from a mental illness can be tricky because symptoms can look different from person to person, as well as the range and severity. Your best bet in identifying whether you or someone you know has a mental illness is by paying attention to a change in the way you or they think, act, and feel. For example, if you no longer find interest in activities you once enjoyed— Start to have a hard time to complete daily tasks. Find yourself getting angry or sad for little to no reason. Experience mood swings. Feel numb like nothing matters. Have strange thoughts or voices that you can't seem to get rid of. Feel like you're slightly sick constantly or have little to no energy. Have feelings of helplessness and despair experience changes in eating and sleeping habits, start to form unexplainable fears about things in your life that are otherwise easy for others to cope with, decrease attendance at work or school, substance abuse, self-isolating, suicide thoughts, or lashing out at friends and family members. All in all, people who live with mental illness are not bad people. A lot of people with mental illnesses feel like they have to constantly apologize or hide their existence, but feeling shame for having a mental illness helps no one. There are, of course, numerous resources I am happy to share with you in my show notes that can educate you further on the topic, but before I end this episode, I thought we could debunk a few mental health myths. Ready? (laughs) Mental illness can develop as a result of disturbances in usual brain function. So this is actually true. Mental illness can develop from brain cell deterioration as well as brain chemical imbalances that lead to difficulties in being able to control your feelings, the way you think, and your behavior. Mental illness is the result of bad parenting. False. A child's mental health can be affected by bad parenting, but mental illness actually has more to do with biological conditions and a combination of influences than it does bad parenting alone. And of course, there's exceptions to this, like if there's a traumatic experience where someone has a traumatic experience with a parent that results in them developing PTSD, but generally just Being a bad parent doesn't cause mental illness. It obviously can cause mental health issues, but not necessarily be the sole cause of a mental illness. Anyways, moving on. People with mental illness are violent and dangerous. So this is false. Having a mental illness does not make a person more likely to be violent or dangerous towards others. The truth is that many people who live with mental illness have been victims of violence themselves and have developed PTSD, mood or anxiety disorders as a result. Another myth is that you can never get better from a mental illness. So obviously, this is false. Most people with a mental illness can get better and may recover completely. Some depression and anxiety disorders, for example, only require a person to take medication for a short period of time, whereas other mental illnesses with more chronic conditions can live productive, healthy lives when on the right recovery plan. Mental illnesses are caused by food that we commonly eat. So false. Although certain vitamin deficiencies such as B12 or D can be associated with some mental illness symptoms, the food we eat is not going to give you a mental illness. Eating McDonald's is not gonna give you a mental illness. People with mental illnesses should be kept in institutions, so false. Not everyone living with a mental illness needs to be hospitalized, and in fact today there have been numerous medical advancements around mental health and few people need to remain in hospital. Those that do are rarely there for more than two weeks. So people with mental illnesses don't have to fear being locked up in an institution. Before you go, I just want to reiterate that people living with mental illness can and do go on to live full lives, often accomplishing great things. There are so many celebrities who have opened up about their mental illnesses, including Kendall Jenner, Adele, Miley Cyrus, Selena Gomez, Lena Dunham, Dakota Johnson, Demi Lovato, Emma Stone, Ellen DeGeneres, Dwayne Johnson, Lily Reinhart, Lady Gaga, Justin Bieber, J.Q. Rowling, and even Christine Bell. Those who seek treatment for mental illness by talking to therapists, I believe actually become better communicators and are able to recognize and describe what emotion or feeling they're battling with easier. This, I believe, actually leads them to become great songwriters, artists, authors, and even athletes. Living with mental illness is not the end of the world, even though it may seem like it. With the right help and treatment, many of us living with mental illness can live a productive and happy life. If you are listening to this episode because you want to know more about mental health and mental illness in order to help a family member or friend, thank you for taking the time to be here. Having a good support group is one of the best things someone living with a mental illness can have, but also please make sure that you are also taking care of your own mental health. Often convincing someone with a mental illness to seek help can be exhausting and a lengthy process, which is why I would also want to caution you to not put someone else's health over your own. If you start to feel impacted by the effects of someone else's illness, take a break find a therapist to guide you, or do whatever is necessary to take care of yourself. You can't help fill someone else's cup if yours is empty, okay? (laughs) Love you though. All right, friends. So that brings us to the end of another Is That So podcast episode. I know that was a lot of information and I am happy to leave the Cole's Notes version of this episode in the show notes along with some other resources you can check out if you want more information. Thank you once again for joining me today. And if you have any comments about this episode, please feel free to leave them in the comment section of my show notes. And I wish everyone a great week and I'll see you again next Monday. Ciao. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the is that so podcast for more information on this episode and all past episodes you can check out my show notes on IsThatSo.com or follow me on instagram at is that so if you enjoyed this episode and want to show your personal support to the podcast simply leave a review on itunes or screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your stories All right, friends, that's it. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of the Is That So podcast. And I look forward to hanging out with you again soon.